I offer thousands of obeisances to the lotus feet of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and to all the previous Acharyas who have brought the pure message of Lord Krishna and Lord Chaitanya into this dark world. I offer my obeisances to all the devotees present here today, and thank you very much for your association. Hare Krishna. We're continuing with our um, examination of the teachings of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to Sanat Goswami from the um, Sri Chaitanya Charamita Madhya Lila, chapter number 22. We're taking up where we left off last time at text number 146. So that's Madhya 22, 146. We will be uh, obviously cross-referencing the Srimad Bhagavatam since Sri Chaitanya Charamita is basically a garland of verses from the from the Bhagavatam, Pramanam verses. And this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, instructions as he's uh, just concluded speaking about uh, the five methods of devotional service out of 64 that are the most potent. And um, the following of which, even without faith, but uh, without being offensive, one can make uh, advancement in devotional service handily. And uh, uh, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would also mention that uh, one may uh, take up one of these processes out of the uh, processes of Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Svanam, Padasevanam, Archanam, Bandhanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmanivedanam, the nine process of devotional service, to be successful. And he had, he had mentioned uh, various personalities who were famous for doing so, for instance, for hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, who was uh, the most, who was noted as the one who simply by hearing Srimad Bhagavatam or hearing by the process, I gave it away, hearing by Bhagavatam, just by hearing what he became successful. You can write it in the text box if you wish. It's more efficient. And the answer is? That is correct. And then who is famous for uh, just by uh, chanting became uh, fame, uh, became perfect? Yes, Shukadev Goswami. Uh, who just by remembering the Lord became perfect? Yes, Prahlad. Uh, hearing, chanting, remembering. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Svanam, Padasevanam, who by worshiping the lotus feet? Lakshmi, yes. Archanam. Archanam, Prithu. Vandanam. Akura, we got a ringer in here somewhere. Kautikarnika is on a roll. Uh, Vandanam. Dasyam. Everybody knows this one. Hanuman, Vajangarji, okay, uh, uh, befriending, yes, and surrendering everything, Bali, Bali Maharaj. So he gave these examples. So if you take to one process of devotional service, it uh, will lead to your perfection, or you may take to all of them, or of course, multiples. 
but who's given as an example for the one who engaged in all nine processes simultaneously? Ambrish Maharaj, yes. So uh, these examples were given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There's 64 items of devotional service out of those five are very potent. And then he mentioned that if you take to one process or if you take to all of them, you'll attain perfection. The point is that you give your full attention and heart to the process of devotional service. So now um, Mahaprabhu is continuing in his teaching here at Texan 146 to Sanatana Goswami. And he says, Tasman mad bhakti yuktasya yogino vai madatmana na jnanam na chavairagyam prayashrayo bhavet iha. For one who is fully engaged in my devotional service, whose mind is fixed on me in bhakti yoga, the path of speculative knowledge and dry renunciation is not very beneficial. Purport, the path of devotional service is always independent uh, of other activity. I repeat, the path of devotional service is always independent of other activity. The path of speculative knowledge and mystic yoga may be a little beneficial in the beginning, but it cannot be considered part of devotional service. This verse, which is Srimad Bhagavatam 11, 20, 31, was spoken by Lord Krishna when he was speaking to Uddhava before his departure from this material world. These are important instructions given directly by Lord Krishna. Sri Uddhava asked the Lord about the two kinds of instructions given in the Vedas. One instruction is called Pravriti Mark and the other is called Nivriti Mark. These are directions for enjoying the material world according to regulative principles and then giving up the material world for higher spiritual understanding. Sometimes one does not know whether to practice speculative knowledge and mystic yoga for advancement in spiritual knowledge. Krishna explains to Uddhava that the mechanical process of speculative knowledge and yoga is not necessary for advancing in devotional service. Devotional service is completely spiritual it has nothing to do with material things. It is awakened by hearing and chanting in the association of devotees. Because devotional service is always transcendental, it has nothing to do with material activity. And now I'm going to look at the verse 11, 20, 31. From Srimad Bhagavatam. And here... Lord Krishna, as we just heard, is speaking to Uddhava right before he's leaving the world. This chapter is called Pure Devotional Service. So we definitely want to hear about this. Tasmad mad bhakti yuktasya. So tasmad is therefore mad bhakti yuktasya, one who is engaged in my loving service. Yogina of a devotee, vai certainly, mad atmana, whose mind is fixed in me. Mad atmana. So Krishna is known as atmana, because he's the self of ourself. Atmanam akilatmanam. This is something Shukadeva Goswami brings up in the 10th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam that everyone should know how dear the self is, as we love this body because our self is in it. And then we should understand how dear the self of ourself must be if, if our own self is dear to us uh, as, as conscious being within this body. How much more dear is the self 
or the soul of all souls, atmanam makilatmanam. So the atma, it means manatmana, whose mind is fixed in me. Na, not yanam, the cultivation of knowledge. So not by cultivation of knowledge. Na, nor, cha, also, vairagyam, the cultivation of renunciation. Praya, generally, shreya, the means of achieving perfection, bhavet, may be iha in this world. And the translation is, therefore, for a devotee engaged in my loving service with mind fixed in me, the cultivation of knowledge and renunciation is generally not the means of achieving the highest perfection within this world. And the purport, a surrendered devotee of Lord Krishna does not seek perfection through the cultivation of knowledge and renunciation outside the loving service of the Lord. Devotional service to Lord Krishna being in itself the supreme transcendental process never depends upon the secondary methods involving the cultivation of knowledge and renunciation. By chanting and hearing the glories of the personality of Godhead, a devotee automatically realizes all knowledge. And as the devotee's attachment to the Lord increases, he automatically gives up attachment for the inferior material nature. The Lord has explicitly declared in the previous verses that a devotee should not try to solve his lingering problems by means other than devotional service. I love that line. Lingering problems. So they can be obliterated or dissolved by the process of devotional service. So increase that rather than trying to nitpick at them from other sides. Although a sincere devotee has surrendered heart and soul in loving service of the Lord, there may be lingering material attachments that prevent the devotee from perfectly realizing transcendental knowledge. Devotional service, however, will automatically eradicate such lingering attachments in due course of time. Yay! If the devotee tries to purify himself through cultivation of knowledge and renunciation, which fall outside the scope of devotional service, there is danger of his being deviated from the Lord's lotus feet and falling down completely from the transcendental path. One who endeavors for purification outside the loving service of the Lord has not actually understood the transcendental potency of bhakti yoga and does not appreciate the extent of the Lord of Lord Krishna's mercy. Within this world, one's heart is bound by sex attraction, which disturbs one's meditation on the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. Intoxicated by contact with women, the conditioned soul becomes artificially proud and forgets his loving service to the Lord. Through determined cultivation of knowledge and detachment, a conditioned soul may try to purify himself without the mercy of Lord Krishna, but such false pride is to be given up, just as one must give up the false pride of material attraction. When pure devotional service to the Lord is available to a conditioned soul, attraction to other processes is certainly a deviation in his devotional career. Material desires stubbornly residing within the heart can be vanquished by taking full shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Without false confidence in one's own cultivation of knowledge and renunciation, one should depend fully on the mercy of Lord Krishna and at the same time strictly follow the rules and regulations of Bhakti Yoga as instructed by Lord Krishna himself. So as you noted in the verse, 
uh, Krishna says praya, generally, praya means generally, <laughs> generally this is the case. Rupa Goswami mentions in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that in the very beginning, the application of some vairagya may be there to get oneself out of the trough of material sense gratification and point it towards devotional service. But uh, as we discussed earlier during uh, Make Japa Great Again, the main point is to focus one's mind on Krishna because from that everything else comes. Vasudeva Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Priyojita Janaya Yashuvayaragyam Yanam Chayyarahaitukam. Knowledge and detachment are concomitants when one focuses one's attention on serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead, especially through the process of hearing and chanting uh, the Lord's name. So now, uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is speaking about pure devotional service to Sanatana Goswami, and he's saying that nothing else needs to be done except for focusing one's attention on the process of devotional service. Another verse from First Canto, Second Chapter: Tasmat ekena manasab Bhagavan satvatam bati shrotavya kirtitavyascha deya pujascha Tasmat means therefore. There's a a series of instructions given there about the way one's working in the world in Varnashrama and uh, one should dedicate one's life to the Lord. One shouldn't try to enjoy the fruits of one's activities to enjoy sense gratification and so forth. And then one should therefore one's mind should be in one direction and focus on one thing, and that is devotional service to uh, Bhagavan Sattvatam Pati. He's the Pati. He's the protector of the, uh, the Lord of the devotees. Shotavya Kirtitavyascha. So it's mentioned what we should do. Shotavya, we should hear. Shotavya Kirtitavyascha, chant, and cha means etc. Deya Pujas Janityada. We should meditate. We should worship. Nityada always engage in these processes perpetually. So, this is the uh, the the only means of complete success is to focus on the processes of devotional service. So, uh, yes, I'm going back to the Madhyalila twenty two one forty six. Manisha, did I finish the uh, the purport? Yes, Maharaj. I did. Okay, one forty seven. Eti nahyat buta vyada tava hingsada yoguna hari bhakto pravrita ye nate supara tapina. O hunter, good qualities like nonviolence which you have developed. Sorry, somebody is calling. O hunter, good qualities like nonviolence which you have developed are not very astonishing for those who are engaged in the Lord's devotional service are never inclined to give pain to others because of envy. Purport, this is a quotation from the Skanda Purana. It was spoken by Narada Muni to the reformed hunter, Magrari. Yeah, that's a very important story in the Chaitanya Chaitanya in which Narada Muni comes across a hunter in the forest. The way he encounters him is that he sees, does Narada, that there are animals half killed along the pathway in the forest. 
rabbits, porcupines, deer, they're writhing in pain. And then he comes across a disheveled looking hunter in the brush and he's about to kill more animals. And then Narda approaches him and the hunter becomes disturbed at first that why'd you scare away all the animals I'm hunting here? And Narda tells the hunter that, uh, asks him why he's leaving them half killed and writhing in pain. And, and the hunter said, oh, my father taught me this. This is a family tradition. And then uh, Narda said, well, listen, if you half kill them, then they're going to suffer. And then you're going to have to suffer in the same way in your next life. So if you're going to hunt, we understand you're a hunter. That's your livelihood. So kill them all away. Don't just leave them there writhing in pain. And then Narda revealed to him, to him what the suffering would be like in his next life. And uh, this is a technique that um, he's used elsewhere with Prachinabharishat. And he told him about Paranjana. And before he did so, he, he showed how all the animal sacrifices, even in the Vedic sacrifice, would incur karma that would come back to him. And he'd have to suffer the same thing. So when the hunter heard about this, as did uh, Prachinabharishat, both of them became uh, uh, very attentive in hearing what the solution might be. So the hunter asked Narda, what should I do now? How can I get free from this plight? And Narda told him, I'll instruct you, but first you have to throw away your bow. <laughs> and and this, is, this is his livelihood. This is his uh, culture. It's his way of life that... Narda asks him to give it up first before he gives him the instruction. So trusting Narda finally, but reluctantly, he throws away his bow. And then Narda gives him the instruction about hearing and chanting and also assures him that there'll be no lack of support because as Krishna mentions, Ananyas chintayanto in the Gita, Ananyas chintayanto mam yejana paripasate, tesham nityabdyuktanam, yoga kshemam mahamyaham. I personally carry what the devotees lack and I preserve what they have. And this was the case in the, of uh, Magrari also. And as he got the association of Narada and he continued to chant Hare Krishna, he became a nonviolent person. It means his, his heart changed completely. So much so that when his guru, Narada, came back to, to meet him with one of his associates, Magari came out to meet Narada but, and, and uh, the other Vaishnav, but he was uh, walking awkwardly down the pathway. And when they met up with him and asked him, why were you walking like that? He said, I was trying to avoid stepping on ants. So this means his heart became transformed by Narada's association and by the process of devotional service. So this is used as proof here. Uh, and, and there are other ver uh, that one attains these good qualities like ahimsa that are uh, necessary to advance in devotional service. Shukadeva also <clears throat> mentions in the earlier cantos of the Bhagavatam, Kiratahu Nandarapulinda Plukasha Abhira Shumba Yavana Kasadaya and that is that it doesn't matter what kind of degraded background you come from. If you take to the devotional process, then because of the power of Lord Vishnu that's invested in the Vaishnavas, 
by their association that you'll come to the perfect stage. And of course, yes, yes, jipaktir bhagavatiya kinshana sarvargunastatra samasate sura harava bhakta sikuto mahadguna manorati nasati davato bhihi. There's a way in which in 5.18.12 Bhagavatam, it is said that just by practicing devotional service, one will naturally develop all the good qualities of the devas, or they'll develop such persons, the devotees who practice such good qualities that the devas will want to come and live with them because they'll be so exalted in quality. So this happens naturally. It's a concomitant by performing devotional service. I'm co continuing now. 148, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying to Sanat Goswami, Vaidi Bhakti Satanera Kahilun Vivaran. Raganuga bhaktira lakan shuna sanatan, vaidi bhakti or of devotional service according to the regulative principles, sadhanera of the execution, kahilun I have made, vivarana description, raganuga bhaktira of spontaneous devotional service, lakana the symptoms shuna please hear sanatan o sanatan. My dear Sanatan, I have now in detail described devotional service according to the regular principles. Now hear from me about spontaneous devotional service and its characteristics. Text number 150. Ragatmika bhakti mukya rajavasi jani tar anugata bhaktira raganuga nami. Word for word, ragatmika bhakti, spontaneous devotional service. Mukya. So ragatmika means spontaneous devotional service, and um, raganuga means uh, those following in the footsteps of the ragatmikas. Those who are engaged in ragatmika, if we follow in their footsteps, then that is called anuga, following such persons. Mukya preeminent Vraja Vasejane in the inhabitants of Raja or Vrindavan Tar that Anugata following Bhaktira of devotional service Raganuga Name named Raganuga or following after spontaneous devotional service. Translation the original inhabitants of Vrindavan are attached to Krishna spontaneously in devotional service. Nothing can compare to such spontaneous devotional service, which is called ragatmika bhakti. When a devotee follows in the footsteps of the devotees of Vrindavan, of Vrindavan his devotional service is called raganuga bhakti. Purport in his bhakti sandarbha, Jiva Goswami states, when a pure devotee f follows the footsteps of a devotee in Vrindavan, he develops raganuga bhakti. Text number 150. Ishte swarat swarasiki raga parama vishtata bhavet tanmayi ya bhavet bhakti satra raga mikodita. Word for word is ishte unto the desired object of life swarasiki appropriate for one's own original aptitude of love raga attachment. Parama 
avishtata, absorption in the service of the Lord. Bavet is tatmayi, consisting of that transcendental attachment. Ya, which bavet is bhakti, devotional service. Sa, that atra here, ragatmika, udita, called ragatmika or spontaneous devotional service. Translation, when one becomes attached to the Supreme Personality of God and his natural inclination to love is fully absorbed in thoughts of the Lord. That is called transcendental attachment. And devotional service according to that attachment is called ragatmika or spontaneous devotional service. Purport, this verse is found in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. 151. Word for word, ishte in the desired object, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Gada Trishna, deep attachment. Gada Trishna, deep attachment. Ragera of spontaneous love. Swarup Lakana, the primary symptom, Ishte, unto the supreme, Avishtata, absorption, E, this, Tatashta Lakan, the marginal symptom. The primary characteristic of spontaneous love is deep attachment for the supreme personality of Godhead. Absorption and thought of him is a marginal characteristic. 152. Ragamai bhaktira hoy ragatmika nam tahashuni lubha hoy kona bhagyavan. Thus, devotional service, which consists of raga, deep attachment, is called ragatmika, spontaneous loving service. If a devotee covets such a position, he is considered to be most fortunate. The word for word is ragamayi, consisting of attachment, bhaktira of devotional service, hoi is ragatmika, spontaneous love, nam, the name, taha, shuni, hearing this, lubda, covetous, hoi, becomes, kon bhagyavan, some fortunate person. Again, the translation Thus, devotional service, which consists of raga, deep attachment, is called ragatmika, spontaneous loving service. If a devotee covets such a position, he is considered to be most fortunate. 153. Lobe, in such covetousness, covetousness, vrajavasira bhave, in the, mo, in the moods of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Vrajavasira bhave. <clears throat> Kare anugati follows. Shastra yukti, injunctions or reasonings of the shastras, nahimani, does not abide by. Raga nugara, of spontaneous love, prakriti, the nature. Translation, if one follows in the footsteps of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, out of such transcendental covetousness, covetousness, he does not care for the injunctions or reasonings of Shastra. 
That is the way of spontaneous love. Purport, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur says that a devotee is attracted by the service of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, namely the cowherd men, Marajnanda, Madhyashoda, Radharani, the gopis, and the cows and calves. An advanced devotee is attracted by the service rendered by an eternal servitor of the Lord. This attraction is called spontaneous attraction. Technically, it is called Swarup Upalabdi. This stage is not achieved in the beginning. In the beginning, one has to render service strictly according to the regulative principles set forth by the revealed scriptures and the spiritual master. By continuously rendering service through the process of Vaidhi Bhakti, one's natural inclination is gradually awakened. This is called spontaneous attraction or Raga Nuga Bhakti. An advanced devotee situated on the platform of spontaneity is already very expert in Shastra construction, logic, and argument. When he comes to the point of eternal love for Krishna, no one can deviate him from that position, neither by argument nor by Shastric evidence. An advanced devotee has realized his eternal relationship with the Lord, and consequently he does not accept the logic of arguments of others, the log logic and arguments of others, because he's realized his relationship with the Lord. Such an advanced devotee has nothing to do with the sahajiyas who manufacture their own way and commit sins by indulging in illicit sex, intoxication, and gambling, if not meat-eating. Sometimes the sahajiyas imitate advanced devotees and live in their own whimsical way, avoiding the principles set down in the revealed scriptures. Unless one follows the six Goswamis, Sri Rupa Sanatan Raghunath Bhatta, Shri Jiva Gopal Bhakta and Raghunath Das. One cannot be a bona fide, spontaneous lover of Krishna, I repeat. Unless one follows the six Goswamis, Shri Rupa Sanatan Raghunath Bhakta, Shri Jiva Gopal Bhakta and Raghunath Das. One cannot be a bona fide, spontaneous lover of Krishna, period, full stop. In this connection, Srila Naratam Das Thakur says, Rupa Raghunath Padi Hoibi Akuti Kabehama Bhujabashe Jugala Piriti. The Sahaja's understanding of the love affairs between Radha and Krishna is not bona fide because they do not follow the principles laid down by the six Goswamis. Their illicit connection and their imitation of the dress of Rupa Goswami, as well as their avoidance of the prescribed methods of revealed scriptures will lead them to the lowest regions of hell. These imitative sahajyas are cheated and unfortunate. They do not equal, they are not equal to advanced devotees, paramahamsas. Debauchis and paramahamsas are not on the same level. And now we'll take a few questions to expand the conversation. Questions help to illuminate and expand the conversation. Guru Maharaj? Yes. Talk. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. When you talked in the beginning um, about uh, when you were wrapping up on um, devotional service, you uh, you read Prabhupada's uh, purport that was saying that uh, the path of devotional service is always independent of other activities. 
and it said speculative knowledge and yoga may help you in the beginning, but they are not connected to devotional service. I was thinking that when we start reading like Bhakti Vaibhava and Bhakti Shastri, we try to uh, get a deeper understanding of the Shastra. We try to go into the purports, find explanations from other Acharyas. At what point do we become speculative in our knowledge? And, and how do I differentiate between devotional service and my desire to know that becomes kind of speculative? And the second one is yoga is something we tell everybody, right? We do yoga. It's yoga of the mind. It's bhakti yoga. But here Prabhupada says yoga is not connected to devotional service. Could you explain the basics to me one more time so I understand that difference? Sure. So, uh, gaining knowledge um, just for the sake of gaining knowledge without applying it in the process of devotional service is not recommended. In fact, is a verse in the Bhakti Samrita Sindhu, it's also repeated in the Chaitanya Charamita, that one should not become a bookworm and not gather all kinds of information uh, simply to uh, regurgitate it back and be known as a great scholar. And uh, also one should be careful to uh, follow the tradition and, in, and the, the mood of one's acharya. Because there's a way in which I can enter into the process of devotional service and then without taking the mood of service to one's guru while taking the knowledge, it becomes um, uh, superfluous. So, Tasma Gurum Prapadita Jignasu Shreya Utamam Shabde Parichinishnatam Brahma Tadvigna Nartam Sagurum Eva Bhikachet Samitpani Shrotriam Brahmanishtam. Samitpani means when you come to the guru for knowledge, you should carry wood in your hands. And if you start thinking that um, uh, I know more than my guru, uh, and uh, I'll start uh, getting all kinds of knowledge from all over the place, and like, uh, yeah, now I know more than he does. So then uh, this knowledge leads you astray. All these are kinds of speculation. Whereas, yasya devi para bhaktir yata devi tatagoro, tasyaite katitahyarta prakashanti mahatmana, those are in the mood of, of service to the Shastra and service to their guru and um, have faith in them. Uh, then to such persons, the real import of knowledge is revealed. Prabhupada mentions this in the famous verse in the Chaitanya Charamita about how the seed of bhakti is planted within the heart. And he said that if you take the wrong mood, you can pick up the jnana bij or the moksha bij and uh, the karma bij instead of the bhakti bij. And then that's what you're going to get. I know because I'm planting seeds right now and I'm really careful about which one I put in which container and I label it. And uh, it's true. If you plant um, zucchini, that's what's going to come up. Uh, these things are important. So one should be careful about the mood in which one takes knowledge. Yani Priyasa Murapasyanamanta Eva. Don't become uh, proud of your uh, learning, but uh, remain a fool. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the greatest scholar who ever lived, obviously, is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But just in his in the context of his worldly pastimes, you know, he showed as a young man that he could defeat anybody fifty times over with his hands tied behind his back. But after he went and met his guru, Ishrila Ishvarapuri, he came back 
And, you know, he said uh, he just became a, a supple and a servant of the Vaishnavas, carrying things for them. And, you know, when questioned about his situation, he says, I'm Murka. I'm just a fool in front of my guru. So the mood has to be uh, properly there and not knowledge for the sake of speculation. When we talk about don't be a yogi, we're really talking about the, like the, there are different darshans or, or ways of looking into the systems of knowledge, knowledge systems. And one of the knowledge systems of India is called yoga. Uh, classically, it's taught by Patanjali. And Patanjali emphasizes ashtanga, which means there are these eight processes through which you elevate yourself to the highest, uh, well, not to the highest, what, what it is, it, it's, it's to still the mind. He says that in the very beginning of the Yoga Sutras, you must still the mind. So then you can understand that you're not, you're not your mind, you're not your intelligence, you're not your ego, and you can be absorbed only in your own consciousness. And uh, then, uh, of course, he says uh, that you should become Ishvara Pranidhan. <laughs> you should have become submissive to Ishvara, and that's actually the shortcut he mentions, but he only says a little bit about it. Now, he actually says quite a bit about it, but it's, it's in the context of a, of a self-help book, uh, the, the, the Yoga Sutras uh, that talk about psychology at first and how the mind works and how you're getting a suffering because of karma and the kleshas and then how to elevate yourself uh, through the, through the uh, um, different uh, processes, starting with clean up your act. Yam niyam means you got to start being ethical, moral, don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat. Um, and, and, um, you know, you have to start performing some austerities and things like that. These are a stair-step way to come up. And this is what it's meant by yoga. He also goes into the, the uh, cities. You can attain cities by yoga legitimately. It's not, it's not a farce. It's just, it's, it's, uh, but that's besides the point. The point is that the, that process depends more on one's own personal endeavor and prowess. So that's different, differentiated from bhakti, in which one simply depends on the uh, mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead uh, by uh, taking shelter um, under his uh, lotus feet, taking sarvadharman paritya kam sharanam raja. Jiva Goswami writes in a commentary, in the commentary to the verse, naivo payant yapachitim kavayastavesha brahma yushapi kritam rida mudas maranta yontar bahis anubitam anutrim virginvan. Oh, come on. Anyway, in this verse, it is uh, Uddhava speaking, naivo payant yapachitim kavayastavesha brahma yushapi kritam rida mudas maranta. He's saying, if I had a lifetime of Brahma, I wouldn't be able to express my gratitude to, to you, my dear Lord, because you're so kind. You've appeared within the heart uh, as, uh, uh, my, as the uh, super soul. And uh, externally, you've come as the Acharya. Uh, okay, let me try it again. Now I got Mukharvinda there. Naivo payantya pachitim kavayastavesha. Rama yushapri kritam rida bundasvaranta yontar bahistanu britam ashubham vadunvan acharya chaitya bapusha svagatim vyanakti. You show your own path on the, uh, to devotional service internally, externally, 
Now I forgot the point I was making. Oh yeah, Ajiva Goswami comments on that verse and he says that the devotees, they hear the verse Sarvadharma Purityaja and they're unlimitedly grateful to the Lord. They always remember this verse that Krishna is giving a complete shelter with no other consideration. If you just take shelter of me and they're so grateful to the Lord and that's all you need ultimately. And Prabhupada mentions it. Let me just, let's freshen this up. This is the greatest purport of all times. Do you want to hear the greatest purport of all time? Yes. It's right here in the Bhagavad Gita. The greatest purport of all time. I mean, people have to hear this. Especially now. Okay, this is Bhagavad Gita, 1866. Sarvadharman, all varieties of religion. Prityaja, abandoning. Mam, unto me, ekam only. Sharadam, for surrender. Vraja, go. Aham, I, Tuang, you, Sarva, all, Papibya, from sinful reactions. You see, in the yoga process, this it's a it's a long endeavor to overwrite all the samskars, the bad samskars I've got. But Krishna's here is talking, and, and that's what causes the sinful reactions. And Papibya from sinful reactions, Moksha Yishami, I'll de- deliver you from these. This is the um Ishrata Pranidan, you know, completion verse. Ma, do not shuchaha worry. If God tells you don't worry, you know, you got to start feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reaction. Do not fear. Now the greatest purport that was ever written in the history of the universe in any Kulpa, purport. The Lord has described various kinds of knowledge and processes of religion, knowledge of the Supreme Brahman, knowledge of the super soul, knowledge of the different types of orders and statuses of social life, knowledge of their renounced order of life, knowledge of non-attachment, sense and mind control, meditation, etc. He has described in so many ways different types of religion. Now, in summarizing Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that Arjuna should give up all the processes that have been explained to him. He should simply surrender to Krishna. That surrender will save him from all kinds of sinful reactions, for the Lord personally promises to protect him. In the seventh chapter, it was said that only one who has become free from all sinful reactions can take to the worship of Lord Krishna. Thus, one may think, thus, one may think that unless he is free from all sinful reactions, he cannot take to the surrendering process. To such doubts, it is here said that even if one is not free from all sinful reactions, Simply by the process of surrendering to Sri Krishna, he is automatically freed. 
There is no need of strenuous effort to free oneself from sinful reactions. One should unhesitatingly accept Krishna as the supreme savior of all living entities. With faith and love, one should surrender unto him. The process of surrender to Krishna is described in the Hari Bhakti Vilas, 11.676. Anakulyasya sankalpa pratikulyasya varjanam rakshishyati vishvaso goprite varanam tata atma nikshepa karpanye shadvida sharanagati. Sorry, I, I botched the second line. I'm going to do it again. Anakulyasya sankalpa pratikulyasya varjanam rakshishyatiti vishvaso guptritve varanam tata atma nikshepa karpanye shadvida sharanagati. According to the devotional process, one should simply accept such religious principles that will lead ultimately to the devotional service of the Lord. One may perform a particular occupational duty according to his position in the social order, but if by executing his duty one does not come to the point of Krishna consciousness, all his activities are in vain. Anything that does not lead to the perfectional stage of Krishna consciousness should be avoided. One should be confident that in all circumstances Krishna will protect him from all difficulties. There is no need of thinking how one should keep the body and soul together. Krishna will see to that. One should always think of himself, think himself helpless and should consider Krishna the only basis for his progress in life. As soon as one seriously engages himself in devotional service to the Lord, in full Krishna consciousness, at once he becomes freed from all contamination of material nature. There are different processes of religion and purificatory processes for cultivation of knowledge, meditation in the mystic yoga system, etc. But one who surrenders under Krishna does not have to execute so many methods. That simple surrender under Krishna will save him from unnecessarily wasting time. One can thus make all progress at once and be freed from all sinful reactions. One should be attached, excuse me, one should be attracted by the beautiful vision of Krishna. His name is Krishna because he is all attractive. One who becomes attracted by the beautiful, all-powerful, omnipotent vision of Krishna is fortunate. There are different kinds of transcendentalists. Some of them are attracted to the impersonal Brahman vision. Some of them are attracted by the super soul feature, etc. But one who is attracted to the personal feature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and, above all, one who is attracted by the Supreme Personality of Godhead as Krishna himself is the most perfect transcendentalist. In other words, devotional service to Krishna in full consciousness is the most confidential part of knowledge. And this is the essence of the whole Bhagavad Gita. Karma yogis, empiric philosophers, mystics and devotees are all called transcendentalists, but one who is a pure devotee is the best of all. The particular words used here, mashuchaha, don't fear, don't hesitate, don't worry, are very significant. One may be perplexed, 
as to how one can give up all kinds of religious forms and simply surrender under Krishna, but such worry is useless. <laughs> and there you have the best purport that was ever written. Uh, so this confirms, and as I was speaking, and the way I got into that was that Jiva Goswami has said that the devotees constantly remember this verse from the Bhagavad Gita and constantly remember Krishna's promise. And that's what inspires them to, to go on um, living, worshiping Krishna. And there's no other purpose to life. They're, and they're fully grateful for that. Thank you for your questions, Manjula Kanta. I hope that helps. Thank you, Maharaj. Very nice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Sham Jagannath Prabhu says, oh, covetous. Covetous, Naimisharanya uh, puts here, is a craving for possession. Craving for possession. Sham Jagannath Prabhu, Hare Krishna, I have a question. Regarding the sajyas we just read, they will go to the lowest regions of hell. We also heard elsewhere, Rajabhasis are all great devotees despite their current material contaminations as devotees we avoid sahajas but how do we understand a sahaja going to the lower regions of hell is it because he is misleading innocent common people yes when pe when when uh, somebody takes up some kind of um, an unauthorized process and then uh, teaches it to others and misleads them it's not very much appreciated by Krishna. Can the process of Raghunuga be attraction to the service rendered by Lord Chaitanya's associates? Yes. Those who are uh, following, uh, you see, in Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahi Anya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's combination of Radha and Krishna. Those uh, devotees you've, you see in the Leela of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are the same devotees who are in Mahaprabhu's Leela. So you'll you'll find that from the Goro Gana Desha Deepika. Again and again, the, the identities of these devotees in the Leela of um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are revealed as being uh, the same uh, devotees who have appeared in uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela. Now some, Prabhupada points out in the Adi Leela, some devotees are more attracted to worshiping Mahaprabhu. Some are attracted, uh, uh, some associates of Mahaprabhu are attracted to worshiping Radha Krishna. And some are attracted to worshiping Mahaprabhu and Radha Krishna. <laughs> like I saw earlier on our altar, we have Mahaprabhu and Radha Krishna together. This was started by uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur to show the world how the two are the same. Prabhupada uh, continued in a few places. And in the Brahma Sanghita, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta mentions that the devotees who are attracted to worshiping both Radha Krishna and Mahaprabhu simultaneously, they can be in both leelas at the same time in the spiritual world. Uh, Yogesh, can you please elaborate a little more? a little more on 22-151 absorption in thought of him is a marginal characteristic, 22-151. Oh, yeah. Well, um, if you love somebody, you automatically think of them. 
It's just uh, natural. If you're in love, you can't stop thinking of them. In fact, the gopis, they want to stop thinking of Krishna because <laughs> he causes them so much consternation because, uh, you know, he takes off on them and then he calls them to the forest in the middle of the night. They get there and then he said, so, you know, why'd you come here? It's a nice night, isn't it? And, uh, you know, there's there, there are ways in which uh, the devotees become so, um, you know, irritated by Krishna. Some of them, you know, sometimes when Krishna comes to see um, Radharani, then Vishaka will come out and say, sorry, she's not, she doesn't want to see you. <laughs> Whereas to Yogi Pungavanam, they're doing, drilling the respiration to try to see the you know, Paramatma. They still remain far away. Whereas these uh, residents of Vrindavan, because their love is so full blown, and I heard this morning, uh, Prabhupada was talking about how the residents of Vrindavan, they don't know Vishnu. They don't care so much for Vishnu. Prabhupada told the story about how when the, the gopis and Radharani were looking for Krishna and then they saw Vishnu because Krishna tried to hide himself. And then uh, they, <laughs> Prabhupada said, they saw Vishnu and they said, oh, namaskar. Have you seen Krishna? And he said, they don't know who is Krishna. They just love him. And so this aspect of knowledge is not, uh, it's a concomitant. It's, it comes automatically. Okay. Uh, any uh, other questions from the Zoom room? Uh, Mark? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, I just was wondering if you could confirm my memory, like my understanding or memory of this section of verses, which I haven't read in a long time. So thanks for um, that, which is, um, it always seems to me that this is kind of about balance when we're in the beginning, like when you're getting on a narrow path, you have to balance between, not a narrow path, but when you're, when you're trying something difficult, you have to pay more attention to your balance, something new. And there's the thing between the internal and the external. Um, and there's this sort of glorious description of uh, Raghunuga Bhakti, but then this purport that's uh, quoting Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, kind of giving us a little caution about the Sahajiyas. Um, there's a little bit of, of uh, caution, right? It's not so... Um, and... And it, I guess I, I thought of it because of um, Manjula Kantamataji's question where she was talking about how, what is this knowledge? And I remember hearing that, you know, I think Bhaktivinoda Thakur says this in Prem Pradeep that like, if, you, if you're too going into knowledge too much, then you're, um, then you're not feeding your soul because you're just looking at the knowledge. So you're not, it's, you're not feeding your soul, which only wants love and devotion. And so then when your soul is not fed, then the sense gratification comes back. And that's how people get sucked into being sahajiyas. So is, do you, is this pattern of balance, is this a useful way of thinking about the section and trying to sort of stay out of danger while still taking shelter? Well, um, there's, um, as I mentioned earlier, the mood in which one hears and chants is important. And, and the verse also, it does have two ends of the spectrum. One is talking about Raghunuga Bhakti and the other is careful about being a Sahajya. Sahajya just literally means to take something cheaply. It's just easy. Uh, anybody can do it. But actually, uh, the, the, uh, the framework has to be there. 
um, one has to go through the process of anartanavritti and come to nishta and, and so forth. We are following a process that is Raghunuga Bhakti. We're already in it because the, the kinds of hearing and chanting and processes that we, uh, the devotional activities that we perform are Raghunuga Bhakti. It's just that I don't have a taste for them yet. Therefore, they're called Ajata Ruchi Raghunuga Sadhana Bhakti. Ajata means the Ruchi hasn't woken up yet, but I'm still doing Raghunuga Bhakti. So there's this uh, misunderstanding sometimes people have that there's a difference between Vaidhi Bhakti and, and um, Rag Bhakti. And there is. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mentions it in the, in the Adi Lila that um, those who are only interested in the rules and regulations, uh, but they're not, their goal isn't to follow in the footsteps of the residents of Vrindavan, they'll go to Vaikuntha. However, um, on the other side, there's this way in which sometimes people think that, oh, you, in ISKCON or something like that, or people who are, you know, following current Gaudi Acharyas, they're following, you know, Vaidhi Bhakti, therefore you're not in Raghunuga Bhakti. And they try to prematurely, and Prabhupada used that verse, you know, it has to, that, that word, you have to be mature. And he quoted uh, the, uh, the Bengali Bhajan that says, you have to um, absorb yourself in the teachings of the Goswamis and there, you should become Shastra Sunipana. You should become well acquainted, uh, in fact, know all the different aspects of how it works in order to, uh, for it to function properly. And, you know, there's always this kind of balance between the two. You know, like if you go to a baseball game and somebody hits a home run, uh, everyone just jumps out of their seat and cheers. And, uh, and the emotion is there that, you know, we won. And nobody's really measuring, like, uh, what was, I mean, a few geeks are somewhere, but the main thing is, you know, the velocity and how was it that it went over the fence? Because <laughs> the, uh, the way that the, the ball hit the, uh, the bat and it went over, uh, that's there, but that's not calculated. But in the beginning, um, in order to, have a firm foundation Goswami confirms one has to be fortified by knowledge and detachment therefore um, to to just abandon that and uh, take to the process of of uh, so-called spontaneous devotional service without having uh, fortified oneself and uh, and come to that point of understanding what one's doing through Sambandha Gyan becomes a farce. Shruti Smriti Parana Dipantra Triki Vidimbina Aikanti Kiharir Bhaktir Upatayaya Vakalpate. The devotional service that doesn't follow the Shruti, Smriti, Pantra, Triki Vidhi, and so forth becomes a disturbance to society. And um, I don't think I'm precisely either understanding or answering your, therefore answering your question, but I'm, I'm you know, going around the periphery, but it is, it is a, a it is part of the overall conversation that it, um, it, it, it begins with following very strictly the, the ways that the Goswamis have uh, laid down the path. And it continues that way as well. For even those who uh, wake up the spontane spontaneity within their heart for serving Krishna, 
externally, they don't abandon the, the Vaidhi Bhakti. They still do it. Uh, at, because uh, it's an internal process, actually. So they're not, um, it's not necessary for them to, because everything uh, is uh, fully available to them. It's coming spontaneously, but uh, they still follow the, the extra, externally, they still follow night and day, the process of devotional service. Do you want to ask uh, in another way to clarify? I think I missed your point. I, I, I just wanted to make sure that this idea of balance, because like Sarvadam and Prithyajan, it's like you, this image is like of just throwing yourself off the cliff almost. Oh, that. And then, think, well, and, but I, then at the same time, it's like, I, I don't want to pretend that I've done the throwing out myself off the cliff before I'm actually ready to. Yeah, it's not the best metaphor for the situation, but, but yeah, that is why Prabhupada, included Anakuliyasa Sankalpa Pratikuliyasa Varjanam in the verse because it unpacks what surrender means. And, uh, you know, Skopi Pranadana Prabhu used to say, you know, we have this idea of surrender in America where there's a high-speed chase and somebody's being chased by one police car and then five, then 10, then 50. And, you know, the President of the United States might be giving a State of the Union, but People want to break away from that and watch the high-speed chase. It's the great American pastime. And then, you know, after like three hours and there's sparks coming out of the wheels because all the wheels are popped and he goes down a cul-de-sac and he gets out and the um, and he starts running, jumps over a wall, goes through a sticker bush. The dogs go after him, finally comes to a barbed wire fence and there's 50 policemen behind him and dog on his leg. And then he finally gets on the ground and puts his hands out like this. He said, that's not what the meaning of surrender. <laughs> he said, it's a calculated way of uh, dedicating all the aspects of one's life from whatever situation one begins in. It's a fixed principle that one should... Um, dedicate oneself according to one's um, present position and capability. And as we do that through the different phases of our life, then we'll come to the perfect stage. Or, comma, one can simply surrender right now. And Prabhupada mentioned that just to make life interesting because he was having a conversation with a gentleman who was saying, well, we need Adhikari to surrender. And Prabhupada stopped him halfway through. He said, no, Adhikari is always there. You can surrender at any time. He said, it's just like if a man, if you're poor and a, and a wealthy man like uh, Bill Gates comes to your house and he's got a bag with, I don't know how much you need nowadays. It used to be billions, now it's trillions. So he brings a bag with $1 billion dollars and says, here, take it. Then if you take it, then you're also a billionaire. And if you don't take it, then that's, um, you know, Bill Gates will drive to your neighbor and give it to him. So Krishna's given this offer, we can take it at any time. So the balance uh, will, will be there naturally because if we try uh, to jump off a cliff, um, which many people have done, we find that uh, sometimes it's not so easy to maintain. However, we also notice 
Narada Muni says, He said, so somebody, somebody comes along and hears this and says, hey, I'm going for it and jumps off the cliff. And then uh, doesn't make it. And uh, comes later, comes back, and it's like, hey, what happened? I thought you jumped off the cliff and <laughs> you took it. Narada Muni's attitude is, so what? At least they jumped. <laughs> the other people, they never went for it, so they missed the opportunity. So the, uh, you know, the balance is, is there in the Bhagavatam, recommending Varnashrama and so many ways that you can get through life and always remain connected to Krishna and then when the time is right, you surrender more and more and more. Or, you know, these devotees like Narada Muni come along and says, just go for it, man. Forget about it. He goes to the sons of Daksha and they're getting ready for a, a whole life of uh, calculated, uh, you know, risk taking. And Narada says, yeah, just go for it. <laughs> Give up everything and go. But of course, he instructed them for a long time. And when they got instruction from Narada Muni and they heard from him sufficiently, then they were edified to the point where, yeah, they said, why would I, you know, go off and become grahasta and uh, uh, take uh, to this life of doing uh, ritualistic sacrifices like our father Daksha? And so they just left. And Prabhupada mentions there that this is a, a conundrum. He says, you know, he said, my, my guru, uh, he was a nice Dika Brahmachari. He just said, go right through, don't stop, go, don't stop for anything, <laughs> nothing to see here. Whereas other people like uh, other great Acharyas like Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he had 11 kids. It's a perennial conversation. And I guess that's what balance is all about. It has to be ongoing. Thank you very much, Rupa Manjari Mataji. Hare Krishna. Anyone else? Hey, Bogumash, this is Alex. Hey, Bhakti Alex, Hare Krishna. Merry Christmas, too, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. It's a little early, but we're doing it. I was curious um, how to understand, in, in light of like the main topic of surrender of this talk so far, the story of Muchakunda, who had seen that he pretty much, he's, after he woke up and he saw Krishna, he pretty much surrendered on the spot. But then Krishna instructed him that because he was he had been killing people, you know, because of his duties as a Chatriya, he had to undergo penances and austerities and take birth again as a Brahmana in order to completely perfect his life. So I'm curious. Yeah, so that just shows that uh, the surrender is a process, it's not an event. Even a Jamil, after he attained perfection by the association of the Holy Name, by chanting the Holy Name, you'll notice that he, um, he also... Um, you know, to set an example, he went to Prayag afterwards. He did some uh, reformatory. Prabhupada mentions in a lecture, he didn't have to because the holy name was so powerful. But uh, Bharat Maharaj took three births. As he, made, he made a little error there in the beginning, but Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur in his commentary says, in the, in the context of, of uh, Bharat uh, Maharaj, that... Uh, some devotees, their goal is so high that it takes them a few lifetimes to attain it. So Krishna knows how to purify us. And it's not that even going back to Godhead means, okay, you just go straight back. Uh, Prabhupada confirms this in the Krishna book and elsewhere that 
you know, when you take to the uh, process of, of devotional service in this life, and uh, then you come to a, a perfect, perfected stage, and the next life, you'll take birth in a, uh, on a planet uh, where Krishna's already performing his, where he's performing his pastimes. You'll get some service in those pastimes. You'll be born in a family where they're already doing serving Krishna. Then you get trained up there. From there, then you can go back to Godhead. Also, you know, devotees have different temperaments about uh, going back to Godhead. There's uh, mentioned in the second chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam that some like the scenic route when they're on the way out. They want to see, like, what was all that stuff from the Milky Way? <laughs> what are all those planets and those devotees doing up there in the, you know, in the upper planetary system? And some just go straight back. So it's not stereotype. Krishna knows exactly what everyone's uh, desire is. And even in the desire for going back to Godhead, there's some nuance. You know, it's not some uh, mechanical process. It's, it's a very personal thing. Just as you know, in coming to Krishna consciousness, it's very personal. Devotees know that they prayed to God and they didn't know who he was. And then, you know, somebody walked up and said, hey, I got a magazine for you or whatever it is. And, you know, you, you feel that personal accommodation that Krishna is giving. Is that okay? Yeah, great. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you. Okay, Hare Krishna. Vaikuntha Nayaka, were you waiting to say something? Uh, Hare Krishna. Dando. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So first, uh, I wanted to share some good news that uh, three people uh, uh, accepted to take the uh, Bhagavatam. Uh, the ebook version so uh, but actually there are some operational issues we are struggling with so uh, please uh, bless us so that we get around those the ebook availability in india uh, i'm working with uh, balmukund prabhu and uh, on that hopefully we'll get sorted out um, okay but uh, the reason why i remember this was one of the persons whom i was talking to he was arguing with me so vociferously saying that yeah that is right bhakti is there it is simple it is easy but uh, i am into vedanta and uh, i have into meditation and and uh, so i recollected the point that you mentioned about uh, the two methods one actually relying on um, our own endeavor and the other <laughs> relying on krishna so I thought it is so gray, ingrained in the in each of us because of which probably we are the original reason why we are here. That uh, simple process of depending on Krishna seems to be so re revolting. Right? So, I, I was just thinking why that other process of depending on ourselves is even mentioned as a method because a method. As an alternate method would probably make sense if the destination is the same. But uh, by relying on ourselves, we are anyway not going to reach the same goal as what you would have if we were to rely on Krishna, right? So could you please elaborate like why that is yes. even mentioned as a So method? Krishna Chakravarti Thakur answers this question in his commentary on, the, on Ajamil particularly the very famous verse I quoted the other day that, that uh, says that uh, the, the holy name is the remedy for, for all kinds of people, those who have 
murder their guru or, you know, I mean, it goes through a long list of ways you could really blow it. And then it says, you know, even they can be reformed by the process of chanting holy name. It's a quintessential verse in that section, of which Prabhupada saves till the very end of the section, and he gives a long, long commentary summary of that. Uh, actually, what he's doing, he's giving a summary of Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's very long purport to that verse. And in his commentary to that verse, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur brings up this point. He said, why are there other processes at all if the holy name is so powerful and just by bhakti you can attain success? And he says it's because uh, Krishna honors the individuality of the uh, jivas. You see, uh, he's given the whole material world as a compensation for those who would like to express their willfulness to be separate from him. And therefore, I mean, even look at the variety he's given us in the material world. 8,400,000 species of life. I mean, what if you give your kid for Christmas, you know, what'd you get me? I get, got you 8,400,000 different kinds of toys. Rinda, would you like that? Yeah, so, you know, uh, nobody can complain afterwards and say, you know, like, you know, I wanted to try living separately, but, uh, you know, all you gave me was three species. I could become a gazelle, uh, you know, an earthworm, and an ant, and that was it. That's all I get. That's all I get to try out. But he gives 8,400,000 species, and every one of them has some kind of combination of permutation within that. So there's the same idea with the processes. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, if everyone took the... Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I'm getting the, I'm getting the hook. If everyone took to bhakti... And they attain complete success immediately. Well, let me let me phrase it more precisely. If everyone who took to bhakti immediate, got immediate success, then then he says those who have taken to the process of jnana, karma, yoga, and so forth, they would be very morose, and they wouldn't be able to maintain faith in their path. So he says that the reason that Krishna gives so many paths is because there are many people who have faith in different paths. And even in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam, when, when uh, Krishna is speaking to Uddhava about the process of devotional service, he says that those who are very renounced uh, from, they renounce the world very strongly, jnana is better for them. Those who are very attached to the world, karma is better for them. Those who are not so renounced or detached, they're just kind of in the middle. Bhakti is very good for them. So all these paths are an accommodation for people to take to something that they're going to take to anyway, because as you pointed out, they they want to do it the hard way, because they're more they they have more faith in their own false ego of themselves that I'm going to do this, and Prabhupada noted it in his disciples, he 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 was putting out perfectly beautiful books, and then devotees would go to India and then they collect as Prabhupada said. He said, I've seen that they're collecting stacks of very austere books. He said, all you have to do is chant Hare Krishna. But now I see that my devotees are, they're collecting stacks of austere books, uh, you know, for this and that and the other thing. So it, it's a kind of a cheating mentality that let me do it another way to express my individuality. And maybe also in the process, I'll look better than everybody else. And maybe also... We'll find a shortcut nobody knows about. 
That's why people, you know, when they get old, they start taking all kinds of um, fake, you know, they put stuff in their face so they look younger and they take hormones so they pretend like they're, you know, 20 years old again or stuff like that. They just want to fake everybody out and show that they're, you know, great or something like that. So that's a seed desire in the heart. So if one gives that up and just depends on Krishna and says, Krishna, I'm useless anyway, unless I'm just engaging your service the way you want me to be, then um, for such people, there's all kinds of uh, varieties of paths. Thank you, Maharaja. Hey, congratulations. And I know you'll uh, sort out the... Uh, technical issues fast. And that's what this pandemic is all about. We're given just enough time to figure out how to conquer the internet, and then we're going to be back. And that brings us to the end of our class. Thank you very much, Monisha, for running the show today. And thanks everyone for joining us from many places around Silicon Valley in the world. Hare Krishna. Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, hey, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman.